As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hop on the cat bus. We're headed to Japan for Triyazaki. Join us this December for a month-long exploration of the trees of Studio Ghibli and the films of Hayao Miyazaki. Just like Completely Arbitrary, Miyazaki's filmography is focused on our relationship with the natural world. So each week we'll dive into the colorful world of a Studio Ghibli movie and talk about a tree important to its story. We've taken inspiration for tree-related topics from four Miyazaki classics, including My Neighbor Totoro, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, and Princess Mononoke. We're turning Miyazaki into Triyazaki. Get Get it? We'll see you Thursday, December 7th, for our first episode on the classic Spirited Away, here on Completely Arbitrary. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts, Alex Croson, and of course... The other host here is Casey Clapp. Hi, Casey. Hello, Alex. Good day to you. A very good day to you, my good chap. Yes, thank you. The sun is out. The sky uh, is shining. No. The uh, yes, of course. Are on their way. <laughs> Actually, it hasn't rained in weeks. By that, I mean just more than one week. Oh, it's just been frightfully cold. And... Frightfully cold. Yeah. Well, actually, it's been kind of like normally cold. Frightfully, you think so? It hasn't been like in the teens. Here and there. Well, yeah, that's that's extremely frightful. That's yeah. terrifyingly cold. Yeah, that's like your, your mouth is frozen into a ghoulish figure. Yeah, ooh, like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Exactly. Uh, Casey. Yeah. You and I are taking a week off from the show. That's right, we are. And, and of course, you just heard a trailer for what's happening next week, the Triazaki. Oh, I'm very excited about that. Oh, me too, Casey. Yeah, we didn't, uh, we didn't, uh, we didn't say it there, but we'll say it here. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Thank you. We were nervous to do that. We were. (laughs) This week, Casey, we have a very exciting announcement to make. Yes, that's true. Well, and this is why we're taking this week off. That's right. We are thrilled to let everybody know Mm -hmm. about a big change here, completely arbitrary. This Monday, we will be debuting our brand new support platform, Completely arbitrary tremium. Tremium, everybody. Tremium. Casey, what is completely arbitrary tremium? Well, completely arbitrary tremium is our new subscription service, essentially. It is a way for all of you out there to support completely arbitrary Alex and I and the work that we are doing. We make these jokes all the time, but it is just the two of us out here. We don't have any producers. 
That's right. There's there are no producers and no no interns. It's just Casey and I. Anyway, yeah. So we we're moving away from Patreon and we're trying to basically consolidate all of our offerings so that we can streamline the delivery to you. It would be instead of having to go to a couple different apps, it'll be all in one nice, easy to find stream RSS feed, and it will also be uh, many of our other. Uh, tiers that we have on Patreon, we're going to combine them down That's right. and make it a little bit more consolidated. Yes, Casey, it is extremely exciting. You and I have been working hard on this. Completely arbitrary premium might just be the biggest thing to happen to our podcast since trees. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're 100 there. Uh, but it should be uh, it should be easier to make you, our dear listener, uh, able to interact with us. And we have some exciting new features. It's one of the big reasons we wanted to move to this new platform to begin with. And it's going to give us a a chance to really, I think, stretch our stretch our legs and do something a little bit more podcast specific if that makes any sense, as opposed to something that is like Patreon, where it's just for general creators. We're trying right. to move to be a little bit more focused on on what it is we are actually creating. And if you are a Patreon member, the process to transfer from Patreon to Arbitrary Premium will be seamless. We've seen it ourselves. It's an extremely streamlined process that we have. And Casey, I don't know if I should do this, but... Uh... <laughs> Uh, come on, you know what? Go for it. I want to give a. I want to. Sh- I want to shout out a couple of the features that I'm excited for for okay. this new. All right. For this new. All right. uh, what, uh, what do you this got? New venture. Um, our new platform has an amazing AMA feature. Mm, that's yeah. Ask Me Anything. That's right. Uh, it makes it extremely easy for you to ask a question about trees or other related topics. Extremely easy for us to answer that question, and then extremely easy for you to find the answer when we answer it. Yes. Right now, it's just one big, long stream of comments, and then one stream of consciousness question and answer session. Yeah. And if you are trying to find when we answer your question or a particular question... That'll all be easy to do. That's right. It's basically timestamped. It'll take you directly to that part of the uh, the answer episode. That's right. Very excited about that. You can even search for questions, Casey. Yeah. And see if it's been answered before. And then you can ask it again if you want, either way. Absolutely. Uh, we are also doing gifted subscriptions, Casey. That's right. We've had a lot of people talk about this, where you have that special tree friend, and you know exactly what they want. Yep. They want to be in the Cone of the Month Club. That's right. You can't do that with Patreon. So this is a platform that allows us to provide you the opportunity to gift subscriptions to other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know exactly uh, how many of you out there want this, but I assume it's thousands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. You know, I think I think it's probably tens of thousands. You're probably right. Also, we are now going to be offering annual subscriptions, Casey. Mm-hmm. You save a little bit of money. This is for the people who like to just set it and forget it, mm-hmm. don't want to pay a monthly subscription, but still want to support the show. Yes. Sign up for the whole year and just enjoy the content and not worry about it. It. Yeah. So this is, uh, we're going to have a more uh, formal announcement that's going to come out on Monday. Uh, and that'll pop up in your stream, in your feed as well. So uh, that'll give a little bit more detail on yeah. what to do, how to switch over. And uh, we'll also give you a little bit of info as to what we'll be covering, how much it'll be, that kind of thing. That's right. So we really want you guys to do this. If you are listening to the show, we say this at the end of every show. Uh, if you are liking what you hear, you want to support us, um, you want to get a direct line to us to say, hey, do this tree. Hey, you guys rock. Hey, you guys suck. 
Well, pay, pay, pay five bucks. We'll let you. We'll let you berate us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're just kidding. Don't do that, please. <laughs> it is a great way uh, to support us, Alex and Alex and Casey, as to what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so if uh, if you want to pay more than what is there, you can adjust how much you want to pay for how much you're able to or willing to or want to. That's right. Whatever it is, but we would love to have any of your support if you have the means to do so. Yes, Casey. As I say at the end of most episodes, uh, and as I forget to say sometimes, if you get to the end of your month. And you think, man, I've listened to Casey and Alex more than I've watched Netflix. Unlikely. (laughs) More than I have kissed my lover. (laughs) More than I've read a book to my children. And it's worth 10 bucks, 15 bucks to me to hear these guys talk and get cool uh, cone stickers every month. Consider supporting the show. Literally every dollar goes back into making the show because it's just Casey and I here. Yeah, supports us directly. That's right. More information, a lot of information coming to you Monday. That's right. But for now, Casey. Alex. We've got some appendices to listen to. This is like we cutting do. room floor stuff. Yes, 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 which is which is always fun. This is basically stuff that I like that we record, Yeah, but it just doesn't fit into the cadence of the full episode or mm-hmm. it's slightly off topic, but it's still interesting. Yeah. I usually cut it out and I go whoop and I put it over here for later. So we've got a couple, a few chapters of appendices for you here. Uh, the first one is from our episode on the Silver Linden. That's right. Tilia Tomentosa. Thank you, Casey. And this is uh, a bit of a rant. Yeah. It's not so much a plant rant. It is a save the bees rant. Yeah, which some context. Uh, and I think I give it in this. Uh, we we just, you know, we reviewed it. This one needs context, I think. It does, yeah. Because it's salacious. Right. I, Casey Clapp, I'm not against bees explicitly. Mm-hmm. Although the the idea of save the bees and the problem with bees is kind of what I'm addressing here. And I think I talk about it's the um, Natural Resources Defense Council or something mm. like that, uh, that talk and like they they're all about save the bees save the bees and basically i yeah i go on a bit of a rant about the fact that <laughs> it's a bit of it's a bit of a trope because it's all just commercially industrialized bees that are that are kind of the the things that are dying which mm. we do need but it's it's not like they've they've misused i think their platforms to convince everyone that all bees everywhere are dying right and that it's just not the case. It's only the industrialized bees that we work literally to death that are dying. Yeah. So, you know, that that's where that's where this is coming from. So I don't want anyone to to listen to this and be like, whoa, feel free to do that. That's fine. But our reaction is going to be like, well, we said, oh, never mind. <laughs> that's right. This is the appendix from the Silver Linden on Save the Bees. We'll see you on the next one. See you later. So, all right, here's my, here's, my quick, here's my quick rant about bees. Bees are important. Yes, we should have them. Uh, we have native species of bees all over the place. I think mm. Oregon has like 50. Wow. These are like solitary bees. These are wood bees. These are boring bees. These bees do all sorts of crazy stuff. They are all native bees. The bees that everyone is concerned about that has like the, uh, the hive collapse uh, syndrome yeah, yeah, and all yeah. this kind of stuff, those are not native honeybees from Europe. So the honeybees from mm. Europe 
are fine bees, like whatever. They're very good at pollinating things. So what we do here in the United States is we take bees and we truck them literally in trucks from the south where they need to pollinate almonds and all this other stuff. You remember we talked about this, I think, oh, with yes. the almond episode. That's right. They will move them up and then keep going with the seasons and move these bees up to the northern latitudes where they'll pollinate whatever the hell they're pollinating up there, and then they'll move them back down. So the bees that are dying are being super overworked. They're not splitting up the hives and letting them kind of naturally go about their work, and they tend to mash them all together, and then all of those bees start getting diseases, and we also throw pesticides all over everything, so they end up dying. That is a huge problem. Mm. But the save the bees bees are nowhere near going extinct it's just this big issue is because we have like industrial factory beehives and those are problematic and we're dealing with the problems and just acting like the bees are dying it's like the bees aren't dying it's just the bees that we have co-opted as a part of our capitalist uh, momentum of just moving them up and moving them down to make these big almond plantations and the like work those bees are dying for good reason. They are literally worked to death. And they're not native to where they're being worked. And they're not native. You go up, there's a, a, a place in uh, eastern Washington that they're, I think it's alfalfa is getting harvested mm. and grown. And there's a certain native bee species that will pollinate it the best. Like they're just really good at it because mm. they have this certain form and buzz where they go down and they can buzz just so slightly to get the pollen to fall off. Like they essentially match the frequency wow. of the of the plant so that it shakes and all the pollen just goes go right off. Amazing. Then they go to the next one. So they're excellent at pollinating it. And instead of moving other bees around that do it way more inefficiently, they just create a big swath of land where they don't do anything because these are all bees that are burrowers. So they'll go find kind of a blank, dirty area. They'll burrow in, they'll make their little nest in their habitat, and they'll go out and keep doing their thing, and then they do a couple of those, and now they've reproduced. Oh, they build, they, they build their, their nests in the ground? Yes, but they're all solitary bees, so each one does their own little, little hole. Oh, wow. And you can walk over, and you can stand next to these, and you can hear the buzzing of thousands and thousands of bees on this berm. Watch your step. Exactly, and they don't really care about you. They're just they're, they're going and doing their thing. Wow. So unless you're like digging and messing around with them, then they'll pretty much just be like, yeah, whatever, just keep walking. Wow. So those bees are native and they're doing really good work. We have plenty of pollinators that exist. Um, male mosquitoes are pollinators, mm-hmm. right? Beetles. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, many different beetles. Mm-hmm. Like so many different species of insects are pollinators. It just so happens bees are very, very good and efficient at a lot of pollination. And they're kind of the famous pollinator. They is. They, yeah, that's 100% right. They are, rather. 100%. Because everything, we can only have one thing of each thing. Yeah, and, and we just want it to work exactly the way we want it to work. And yeah. if it doesn't work, we're going to force it and we're going to make it work. So that's kind of where we're at. So, you know, save hmm. the bees. Yes, I'm all for saving the bees. I would love to have honey and nice populations and everything. But... The bees also just don't need our help. It would be better if we just let them live their own lives. Yeah. But that doesn't that doesn't meet our quotas and our timelines. So <sighs> So the save the bees people. Yeah. Um what do you mean by bees people? <laughs> uh, 
and bees specific. They, <laughs> they are focused on the colony collapse of these commercial, yeah. kind of like almost like enslaved bees. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but native bees to North America, mm-hmm. the colony collapse is not happening. It's not happening. Okay, yeah. so it's a very, it's a very, it's like a, they've ch- they've chosen this issue that is very hyper specific and niche, and is also very like people are are paying attention to it. Yeah, because like colony collapse, the bees are dying, or they're not going to pollinate our fruit. Yeah, and everyone's like, ah, right. But I will say as a caveat, they are saying save the bees and saying we need to better manage our pesticides. Of course. So it's essentially finding this, uh, I'm going to say, charismatic microfauna mm. to push the agenda of let's stop using pesticides and use better management practices to save the bees. So I have no qualms with what they're doing. It's just if the bees that they're talking about are dying, it's not because there's some wild thing that's killing every bee in the world. It's more or less one species of bee, like you said, that's not native, that are enslaved. Wow. So it's kind of like, yeah, let them die, and then we're going to have to change our system. Oh, I'm so sorry. We're not going to have literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres of almond trees that are being pollinated properly because we've made this giant monoculture with no other habitat for bees. So we have to do this in order to make that industrial scale thing work. It would be better if we took maybe an acre of that away and turned it into great fucking bee habitat. Yeah. And let there be like all these little spots of native bees and native populations or native things to allow these things to build and then create a balance in your ecosystem rather than throwing everything out of balance and insisting that we can keep that thing working even though the balance is so completely screwed. So does that there's like two sides of it, I guess. Yeah. Where on the surface yes let's save the bees but when you dig it a little bit you're like no fuck those bees let's save (laughs) let's like let's fix the underlying problem yeah and then the system will get back in order and then our native bees and our native pollinators will just continue to take over it also please stop using all these pesticides it's killing everything i understand casey it's it seems like um it's a multifaceted problem i it's and and it makes sense like i like i said I'm, i'm on board with it and because it's like it's this um it's like the engine that's pulling the rest of the the kind of project along with it mm. which is great because the rest of the project I'm totally for I see like, better habitat better management and uh save the pollinators with less pesticides sure super great but the the issue is not as bad as everyone is like the sensationalness that's kind of come along with sure. that so it's like a big problem has arisen. People latched onto it for certain reasons that are good, but also some of it is just a little bit out of proportion and blown out. Yeah. I don't know. I, I get you, Case. And I, I'm, I'm thanks for explaining that. And yeah. I, I think I'm on board with, with that opinion as well. Um, cool. Yeah, me too. I, I didn't know that Save the Bees was like so... There's like a bunch of asterisks next to it. <laughs> yeah, right. And and <laughs> that I, aren't printed. Yeah, know. and I, I think it's like the Natural Resource Defense Council is is who like is doing that campaign. Uh-huh. But it should be seen explicitly as a an, a campaign 
to advertise for something else. And what is that? What is that advertising for? Um, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not super familiar with the Natural Resources Defense Council, uh-huh. but it's essentially a group that's saying exactly what they're trying to do with their name. We have natural resources. We need to defend those so that they can function properly. Okay. So they're saying our bees are part of our natural resources. We need to maintain those because they are this, this, uh, they play this very specific role in everything in the reproduction of native plants but also in getting us honey and also the fruit that we eat because they have to pollinate the flowers first almonds famously are not um inner they they're not self-fertile you have to have trees next to other trees in order for those things to pollinate each other so if you don't have the bees a bunch of problems follow Mm. so I, I, yeah, I, there, there are a bunch of asterisks. I think that's the perfect way to do it. Yeah. But I guess we'd really be like an asterisk and then a cross and then a circle because, you know, you can't have like maybe one asterisk, <laughs> then two, then a three, then four. The yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. That was great. What a funny, funny, funny thing. You know, when you subscribe to Completely Arbitrary Tremium, you're not just getting ad-free listening you're not just getting cone stickers you're getting original content from two of your favorite tree podcasters sign up now 1-800 t-r-e-e-e-e-e-e <laughs> and someone will answer the phone oh casey yes alex okay so we're back that was a lovely talk yes uh, the <laughs> oh, we're getting a call. Oh my gosh, someone's calling on their tree phone. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a tell, it's a treelathon. Yeah, it is. We're just doing a treelathon to get people to join. Uh, completely arbitrary tremium. That is ultimately what this is. This wow, is we found the game, as mm-hmm. they say in improv. We sure did. Wow. Yes. All right. This is yes. now. A, this is now a fundraising episode. Yeah. Yes, Alex. It is a fundraising episode. Now, speaking of fundraising, we talk a lot about fun things that we raise on the podcast wow and we talk about a lot of stuff we get a lot of requests not requests that's not the right term we get a lot of people who respond and say ah you completely missed this thing or we don't talk about something Mm -hmm. and the reason that we don't is because well we only have a certain amount of time Mm -hmm. and we are as we noted the producers, the hosts, and the editorial staff this for this podcast. So sometimes we choose a tree and you could talk about 1,300 different things. We only have time to talk about 1,200 of those things. So 100 of them have to be put on the, how do you say, cutting room floor. Yes. This is an example where we actually talk about neem, the neem tree. Yeah. And we discuss that it is, uh, I guess, Margosa technically is what we uh, have it as the show. And we talk about the fact that it is used for another purpose that we weren't able to even really dissect or go into uh, on the show. So it ends up in our premium subscription feed and people can listen to it and get the essentially full, well-rounded episode that Alex had to shake his head at and say, Casey, stop talking. <laughs> Uh-oh. The AI is becoming self-aware. <laughs> uh, that's right. So this this clip that you're about to hear. <clears throat> now let's watch another clip. This one <laughs> is from our Margosa episode, as Casey said. It is about neem oil. In the episode, we talk a lot about how neem oil is used with 
human beings, yes, uh, Homo sapien. Mm-hmm. But this little clip will show you how neem oil is used with plants. So you thought I was going to cleverly uh, make some sort of yeah. no, no, not at all. Cleverness gone. That's right. Completely arbitrary tremium. Let's roll the clip. Now, Alice, hold on. Before we go into our review, I want to give a little something out here. Wow. We skipped entirely. That is that neem is an oil that most people actually know of in the horticulture trade. The horticulture. I always, yes. I always confuse what is horticulture? Plants in yes. general? It's plants in general. Yeah, okay. yeah. So arboriculture is you manage trees uh-huh. specifically. Horticulture is literally anything that you're growing for its aesthetic ornamental purpose. Commercial trade. Yeah, that's a part of it for okay. sure. But also you can be a horticulturalist that focuses on growing uh, growing something because it looks beautiful and you're a gardener. And okay. All you're okay. doing is just maintaining someone else's garden or something I got like you. that. Your own garden. Versus agriculture, which you're growing food plants. Right. So there's kind of those, those horticulture versus agriculture are those, the two big ones. Arboriculture is kind of the side. Who cares? It's kind of the the... The younger brother who's just really annoying. Yeah, exactly. And all the older older siblings have gone off. And they're doing their own thing. They've <laughs> yeah. made a name for themselves. And you're just like, oh, my, uh, no one, the, okay. They've all gone to college, started their lives, arboriculture's yeah. at home, still playing Nintendo 64. Exactly. Yeah. Yelling to everyone, I'm important. <laughs> and most people the don't The parents care. are so tired, they don't even care anymore. <laughs> they, no, they stopped listening years ago. <laughs> um, so neem oil is magic also on plants. Wow. You can take neem oil and you make a little mixture out of it with water and you put it into a fine misting bottle and it is known as 100% safe. I, sh- I say 100%, but you can always find a way to abuse something and make it bad. Of course. But you can use neem on indoor plants, on outdoor mm. plants, on food plants, organic plants, non-organic plants, trees, shrubs, herbs, anything. And it is will kill soft-bodied insects, which are the ones that do things like suck and eat leaves, suck uh, the juices from leaves, I should say. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Last week I was suffering greatly from a fruit fly infestation. Yes. Why didn't I know about neem? I don't know that neem would actually work in that regard. They're soft-bodied. Yes, I think it would do... I've crushed them with my own fingers. <laughs> I've, I, I didn't even feel it. I think Sorry, that, that's true, but it's very grim. Hey, I, that's, I, that's fair. I there's, felt bad, but... There's plenty out there. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, did you know, actually, that fruit flies are some of the most studied insects in the entire world? That doesn't surprise me because yeah. they are really annoying. And yeah. I, I think about them and I'm like, I need to know more about you so I can learn how to destroy you better. It's wild how, <laughs> A, how many species, how much we know about them Ugh. and why. Blech. You know, they have uh, their sperm is longer than their body. That's great, Casey. Anyway, I just Thank you so much for telling me that. <laughs> You're welcome, Alex. <laughs> Let's get back to neem oil. Neem oil. It's used. It's organic. It is. It does not hurt you, in the, especially if you take it and you squirt it and you let, it, uh, let all the water evaporate. Mm. The neem oil itself stays on plants and will stop insects in two ways. One, it will actually stop them from reproducing themselves. 
Wow. So there's some, they call them, uh, well, I think it's incremental insects or insects like uh, grasshoppers that go from instar to instar. So you have a little teeny tiny grasshopper with no wings. Mm. Then it becomes a bigger grasshopper with no no wings. And then a bigger one and then a bigger one that has wings. And ah. that's the adult stage. It scared me. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to speak. It was really quick. <laughs> so those are, those are the instars or what they call it. Instar. Yeah, so imagine an insect, it grows, it comes out of its egg, and it is a tiny little version of the adult. Oh, 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 I see. Versus I see. something like a beetle that starts as a grub or a butterfly, starts as a grub, a caterpillar, mm-hmm. and then goes through metamorphosis and turns into an adult insect. I'm also thinking frog um, is not instar. Yes. Or that, is this just insects? This is just insects okay. that we're talking about. Okay. But I will say it does have a negative impact on frogs and amphibians too, so keep that in mind. Whoops. Ooh, neem oil? Neem oil does, yeah. Oh. So don't squirt it all over the top of your ponds and water features and Don't things. squirt your frogs with neem oil. Don't do that. We've Stop said it there. a million times. Yeah, I will say it again. Don't squirt <laughs> your frogs with neem oil. Come on. <laughs> but you can squirt your leaves, Alex. Ah. And it, so it stops uh, during that instar development. It will, it will disrupt that. So your little oh, ones wow. won't turn in properly to big ones and oh, then wow. they die. Oh, my God. They also are not eating the leaves because it tastes so bitter and bad. Wow. So it stops sucking and uh, biting insects from attacking your plants. Smart. And like you look up the uses of it and it's just like everything. Like Mm. there are so many insects that this will have a negative impact on, but those are all the pests. And I swear you could not ask for a better substance because it doesn't affect butterflies it doesn't affect bees as long as it's dried it doesn't affect any other pollinators like ladybugs which aren't pollinators but they attack all these other insects the beneficial insects doesn't have an impact on unless you're using it horrifically inappropriately Uh but if you get up in the morning and you squirt it like right at dawn 45 minutes later it will be good to go and then it won't affect anything except the pests that's incredible. And doesn't a, affect humans. You can literally squirt it in the morning and then harvest your fruit the next afternoon. Uh-huh. You can just put it underneath water a little bit, eat it, you're fine. Because remember, we can also ingest it, just not in huge amounts. I will say neem oil is such a good guy. It is. Like, it's kind of stunning. Like, it does all the same things for plants that it does for us, except it also, like, doesn't do the bad stuff. Yeah. It's like... And it specifically targets the pests. Yeah. That's the incredible part. Which is amazing, because that's a construct. A pest is just an insect we don't want to be there. Okay, well, let me ask you this. What is it about these certain insects that neem oil harms that neem oil harms they call it a soft-bodied insect okay so i believe it has mm. more to do with the fact that it doesn't have like a really intense outer shell a carapace exactly it doesn't have any of that yeah. so it also um, those insects that we find beneficial are generally predators so they will eat all of these other soft-bodied oh, wow. insects like aphids mealybugs that kind of thing what about spiders are spiders soft-bodied no they're hard-bodied they're also predators that's amazing yeah so they it will affect these soft-bodied ones because that's what they eat the the leaf and the leaf juices. Mm. So if the leaf and the leaf juices taste horrible, then they're like, "Wow, I'm okay. I'm not going to do that." Then they don't eat, and then your other insects that aren't eating this anyway, they'll eat the things that aren't eating your plants, and now you got two pronged attack. Wow, it's insane. It's kind of brutal. I mean, yeah. I I also you know 
I don't know how much to feel for insects. Yeah, I I think you should feel a certain amount because yeah, I do, I do. Okay, yeah, they're animals just like everything else, course, and they do yeah. a horrifically good job of keeping our planet working properly. Yes, I I, I that wasn't me saying. I hate in all insects and I want them yes. all to die. Agreed. And no one heard you say that. <laughs> I just want to reiterate. I feel I felt something when I went on a fucking rant through my kitchen and yeah. killed every fruit fly. It was awful. It, yeah. It's because you, you're taking a life and the life is not doing anything to you. It yeah. just happens to be doing its normal life thing. But it's normal life thing was really getting in the way of my life. Yes. Sometimes like I got stung by some yellow jackets the other day Oof. and it's at my mom's house and she's like, ain't those things staying. And then she also calls someone to help get rid of ants. And so she said, now I got bees. I know. I was like, mom, they're not bees, but she didn't care. And then they went down and destroyed it. So now I can, I can go do these things. But see, here's, here's the thing, Alex. I not, not 20 minutes before that was hearing a story that my mom was telling me about my aunt. She got stung by a bunch of those while she was next to a stump and they ground nest. Mm. So she was doing like pulling out weeds or something. They got upset, got stuck in her pants. And so my aunt was like running, trying to get wow. back. But she was also like taking off her pants because there's all these insects oh in it. And I was like, how God. did she not fall? So wow. the, it's, they're horrific. They sting, they bite, they're awful. But those same yellow jackets are what, will fly over and get rid of grubs that we also consider pests. Yeah. So they do a really good job. They play an important role in the ecosystem. Then 20 minutes later, they sting me and I'm like, kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, as long as, uh, as long as there's not, you know, I don't know. I know it's complicated. <laughs> it's I mean, complicated. it's okay. I think it's also okay. I know this has now turned into a, a, a conversation about bug morality, okay. but I also think it's okay to feel both of those things. I think it is. Honestly, I think it would be more, uh, it would. It's better that you do because it makes you think on both sides of it. So you have to make a decision. Yeah. When is it appropriate to yes. smash this little thing? When is it not appropriate to smash yeah. this little thing? I've actually really changed my way of thinking about that over the last, I would just say like the last couple of years. Yeah. I used to be a spider killer if it was uh, in my home. Uh-huh. I've, I have not killed a spider in so long. I either just let it chill or I'll like get it on a little piece of paper and take it outside. Yeah, I do. I put on a, like get a jar, put a piece of paper underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. Because they do good things. Like ultimately, you're, it's attacking and getting rid of the insects that you don't want. It is, it is kind of wild that we've just like all accepted that yeah. it's okay to just like murder these things that are in our home. I would say nature, period. Like, it's okay just to go cut that tree that's, down. Yeah, that's a good point. It's okay just yeah. to turn this native prairie into houses. Right. Like, I think that is probably what you just touched on, is probably the tip of the iceberg as to what's got us in this entire uh, ecological wow. crisis that we're in, is that we so wantonly go take life that is not human, yeah. yet... If there's a human, we're like, that's the most sacrosanct thing in the whole world. Yeah. All other things don't matter. And that, I think, is our, that's an out of balance. Oh, we unless have. we're at war. And then. Exactly. Yeah. Then literally death everywhere all the time. Yeah. Oh, so, what a species, huh? <laughs> back to neem oil. Use it all the time because it's organic. Mm. It does all the good stuff. It doesn't hurt you. Won't hurt your cats. Won't hurt your dogs. Won't hurt the good insects. It'll just keep right. the ones in check because trust me, there's enough mealybugs out there. You don't need to worry about them going extinct. I read that about about cats and it's it's pet safe. Yeah, people uh, in India they stick it on the um, on their their backs so that they are treated for fleas and ticks and things oh, like wow. that. So like they one of the things I read they're like yeah it just goes to show 
how safe it actually is. I wonder if you could um, mix it up with some water, dilute it in some water, and yeah. spray it on your skin, and uh, it's a natural bug repellent. You very well may be onto something. I don't know. I'm but sure that's a thing. I know. I in uh, what is it? Uh, what isn't neem uh, a thing? What is it in? Deet. Pesticides. DEET, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, but DEET's also like really bad for your skin. You're not supposed to put it directly on your skin. Yeah. So it might be, but I think DEET is also a naturally derived substance. Oh, is it really? I think so, but I, I haven't done the research on that. This isn't our DEET episode. Like synthesized from a plant or yeah, something? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But it's all those things like plants are naturally good at doing this. They've evolved these things yeah. so that they can attack it. So this is essentially taking... The the tricks that the neem tree, Margosa, has um, figured out, has developed. Mm. And now you're just saying, great, I'm going to use that over on these plants. Hey, you know what? That's pretty curious. And, our, and our own bodies, And Casey. our own bodies, yeah. Like we're learning some, uh, you say it all the time, we can learn a lot from trees. We can learn a lot from trees. This is a literal application of that statement. Yeah, and we have. Yeah. Luckily, this is one where everyone was like, well, actually, that's a, that is a really good idea. Yeah. It's worked. A kind of curious, uh, kind of curious version of this is um, syrup, yeah, like, like maple syrup uh-huh. or any kind of tree syrup. Um, that it is a defensive mechanism of all that trees have evolved to have this stuff like push out when they get a cut, right? Yeah, yeah, well, I yeah. I guess yeah. it's also like a transportation. Yeah, yeah. Syrup isn't quite on the level because that's more just the trees are essentially filling up all of their their capillaries as they're coming back alive oh i thought they were i thought it was specifically like a um like a defense like if a if a bug gets in there it pushes out some sap yes yeah but that is that's uh just slightly different so that is the tree you you injure the tree and it pushes out the sap but that sap like from a conifer, it actually is resin that's coming out, not sap. The right. sap is the vascular system. Resin is the stuff that's sitting there waiting to to clog it up. I thought sap sap was uh, sap was the stuff we turn into syrup. Yeah, that's correct. But, but not, oh, resin, resin is the stuff that pushes out to trap a bug. Yes, yeah. Right. Now, we see a lot of those things together because you wound the tree, you're essentially bleeding out for a second until it dries. It's almost, yeah, it's almost like, uh, what's it called? Like making a scab. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, so, uh, now, now I'm getting totally off. But, <laughs> you're not too uh, far, though. Yeah. It, it's... Um, is that the end of our conversation? That's the end of our conversation. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to point out uh, because there's going to be a bunch what of people. What a crash and burn. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'll keep all this in. Okay, thank people you. People can see how the sausage is uh, fucked up. <laughs> well, that that's the end of it. I just wanted to I just wanted to note yeah. because somebody was going to say, "Oh, what about for plants?" Right. And I want them to know. Yes. This is our neem oil plant appendix. Exactly. Something that is is really rolls off the tongue. It really does. Okay, bye everybody. Bye. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, Casey, can I do this bit a second time? Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> Honestly, you just can't make it through. You, you're too self-conscious. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Way too self-conscious. All right. Now that was some fascinating stuff, Alex. That's right. That clip was good. 
<laughs> like we don't know what it, what it uh, was. What, what did we just say? What did we just talk about? <laughs> uh, classic completely arbitrary there that didn't make it into the show. Exactly. Casey, we've got one final clip here. Mm-hmm. This is something that I had a very hard time cutting from this episode. Yeah. Uh, because I loved it so much, but I thought, you know what? It's you. Sometimes you gotta you gotta kill your darlings, as they say. Yep, you know. Yep. Yeah. This is why I cut down only trees that I plant myself. Oh, good. Yeah. That's very good. Thank you. Um. So this this is a and and a, there's no easy way to say this. This is a smell test between curry powder and garam masala. Exactly. And <laughs> you know what? A lot of times, Alex and I we have a lot of fun on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, in the background, and let's say it's uh it's fun for us. And sometimes we have to admit to ourselves, what's fun for us is not always fun for everybody else. Yes. So we only give it to the people who pay for it. (laughs) I will say, Casey, every time we share something that we don't, that we think is going to be not fun for everybody Mm. else, those are without fail, everybody's favorite things. Yeah, I guess that's true. People do enjoy when we're silly and don't, don't think that anyone's going to like it. All right. Good point. Good point. Good point. So I'm hyping up this, this clip that's coming up here. So hopefully you like it. Uh, please enjoy the smell test. That's again, that's the smell test between curry powder. And as Casey put it, the powder that goes into curries. Yes. Well, Casey, I, the last little thing I've got here, I've got a jar of curry powder. Okay. And a jar of garam masala. Okay. So we're going to do a little smell test before we take go Ooh, to our break. Okay. Okay. So what am I, what am I smelling for here? Um, I think you're, I don't know if you're smelling with intent. Just, just close your eyes and inhale. Casey's got the, I want you to actually do the curry powder first. Um, I've got a little jar of curry powder. So Casey is going to take a nice big <laughs> do you need a palate cleanser yeah, I'm, I'm cleaning my palate cucumber with, water uh actually i'm just gonna smell my microphone that i talk into every day <laughs> casey's gonna take a nice big whiff of the curry powder not too deep as to get it into your mm-hmm. you know okay nose. okay the curry powder traditionally speaking uh-huh. whatever that means anymore right is very sweet smelling mm. it's got a not it's, it's got a lot of high notes to it mm-hmm. and it makes it so that if i put it on something it'll brighten it I think. Wow. Now, well, before you take a smell of the masala, yep. take a nice, another nice big whiff of the curry and okay. really ingrain that smell into your brain. It smells good. Okay. Casey's got the smell. Now go ahead and take a sniff of the garam masala. Whoa. Okay. This is exactly the outcome I was hoping for. Ooh, it's far more musty is not the right term, but it's a lower, it's a lower scent. I would say it's, I would say it's like richer potentially, like it's deeper. I think that's true. Yeah. Both of those things. Casey's taking another sniff. It also, uh, it smells more nuanced. I think there's a lot of other little things in there that when you, when you, when you think you got it all, one's just like, Hey, eh, don't forget about me. (sighs) Isn't that just brilliant, Casey? Very well said. It does. It's not, it doesn't taste sweet. It tastes very much like I'd put it on something. I'd be like, Oh, that's a. That's a little better. <laughs> but Well, yeah, you don't eat it like that necessarily. Yes, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I have my own garam masala, actually. So I, I make it with that curry dish that I love so ah, much. Oh, there you go. Well, yes. Again, I also put in curry powder because it has uh, fenugreek in it. Oh, fenugreek? Yes. And I, oh, fenugreek, yes. Yeah. And I do not have fenugreek myself. I have a ton if you want to take some home. Yes, that would be great. Yeah. That would make it every like officially way better probably. There you go. Wow. Well, yeah, Casey, what I'm hoping to impart on you is mm. that garam masala is like 
the OG, the real deal, the real article, right? Ah, it yeah. is so nuanced. It has so much going on in it. It's like a beautiful blend of uh, rich roasted spices yeah. and herbs. And then the curry powder is also also smells good, but it it's uh it's more base, I think. Like it's more sort of starter mm-hmm. kit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it has far fewer um spices in it. Yeah. And curated for, let's just say, a white palate, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> a British palate, perhaps. A, curated for, you know, a more European palate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. That um, is fascinating. Because we don't have a lot of where you and I our lineage comes from. Yeah. We don't have a lot of chili peppers and a, a wide variety of interesting flavors in our spices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um if you go even further north it gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> Wow, that clip was so good. It really was. I I just want to go back and listen to all those episodes now, right now. Uh, well, everybody, we hope you enjoyed the um the the look behind the scenes here this episode and the trailer for Triazaki month coming up uh-huh. and our big reveal or our tease for our big reveal. Yeah, for completely arbitrary premium. We are so excited to show you what we came up with, and that is happening on. This coming Monday, if you're listening to this on the Thursday that it's released, that's right. Um, we're we uh, we we can't wait, Casey. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we hope that everyone will uh, will follow us to this new journey we're taking mm-hmm. on this new journey. And uh, yeah, we're excited to see where it's going to go. So thank you for listening to our silly little things. And again, if you want more of this, that kind of stuff, to hear all these little fun quips, and you want to support the show, then. Uh, wait till Monday and we'll tell you how yeah baby Uh, aside from that uh, enjoy the rest of this week and uh, by the time you're listening to this I think we can say happy December yes happy December happy Triazaki everyone happy Triazaki and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Completely Arbitrary we'll see you next time goodbye bye Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>